Hello, welcome back to another episode of Creative Chit Chat. I'm Ryan McLeod. Um, yeah, I just wanted to say thank you to everyone who's been listening over the past couple of weeks to the, the sort of latest releases of episodes. Um, they've been really well received, and thank you for all the lovely um, feedback on those. Um, and one other thing is, I've actually created a way that you can now support the podcast. Um, you can buy me a coffee. It's just a small way where you can um, support the podcast and and help me continue to to put great creatives in front of the microphone. Um, you can go to ko-fi.com forward slash ccc dundee and buy me a cup of coffee. Um, that would be excellent. And and thank you very much to those who have who have already done that. Um, uh, yeah, it's very much appreciated. Um, but yeah, this week's guest um, is Kate Harvey, who is a textile designer. Um, she creates these sort of amazing um, sort of one-off pieces, um, sweatshirts, jackets. She's also done some scarves and some other bits and pieces. Um, but yeah, they're just, I think I described it in the episode as beautifully organised chaos. Um, and they've got this really lovely sort of hand-cut aesthetic um, and sort of just mad collage of, of bits and pieces. The easiest thing to do is just to go into the show notes and just check out her stuff. Um as you listen along um and yeah we talk about obviously her career and, and so far and how she's built it up and i suppose leading on from from last week's conversation with leone um this idea of confidence comes through again um and this idea that, that sort of confidence can be built through big projects um and and kate's case we talk about um so obviously degree show and then into um, sort of kicking off the the business and the confidence that came from people wanting her stuff um but then sort of into um a collaboration with local heroes and the day trippers project um at vna dundee and then um i worked with her on dundee design festival um her and sarah um created I mean, worked in the, the easily the most successful space that we had at Dundee Design Festival up at uh, Finlathen, which was uh, became dubbed the Pigeon Palace, uh, when it was all about sort of upcycling and again using this sort of cut vinyl technique. Um, and we talk a bit about that and the sort of success of that as well, and then the again that the, the confidence that a, a big project can bring to to a career. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's all my ramblings to get going. Um, yeah, let's just get into the episode. So um, this is textile designer Kate Harvey. So yeah, I've always been like totally obsessed with and wanting to do sort of art and fashion things. You know, my, like my whole life, it's always been like my main sort of interest, like at school and when I was younger. It's always like dressing up. And, and like painting and stuff so that was always the the main <laughs> hobbies I had right um and then when I was thinking about going to uni um I wanted to go and do fashion but then I realized it wasn't really fashion that I wanted to do it was more like the textile side of everything because I realized that um to do fashion you have to work a lot. You have to do a lot of work before you get to the really exciting bit. So I think it was maybe just like my lack of work ethic or something at the time. I was like, no, I want to make prints. So, I wanna, so I wanna, it's print the exciting. Yeah, the exciting for, to me, it's like prints the exciting thing, and I didn't realize. And I think until I like found out what it meant to go to do, to, I, I didn't realize what it was until I looked into studying fashion. Then I was like, oh wait a minute, that's not the bit I'm interested in. It's actually like the sort of decoration and all the different ways you can manipulate fabric and things like that so that was my like the turning point <laughs> and it was just lucky that it kind of stuck as well because I know like loads of people go and study and they're and they think it's what they want to do and then it turns out it's not really quite right and they change and so at the moment I'm lucky that it's stuck but um <laughs> yeah I mean yeah <laughs> So how was the like university experience? Um, it was great actually because I think I was I was really desperate to be independent and to like leave home and stuff. Not because I was not because my home was awful or anything. I had a great time um, at school and everything, but it was just I felt like I was really ready to like get into the world. And um, I think going to DJ CAD it was. It's so, it's so close to where I grew up, but I still felt very, like, able to stand on my own two feet and meet people who were like-minded. 
and that really I think that sort of changed everything as well like meeting loads of new people who also like the same things as you and that was just like the best thing ever I think for me um and then yeah doing the actual textiles course it was great but like I, I always felt slightly lost in it um I never really quite knew what I wanted to like do with it or like say or like what my kind of go-to I mean I suppose the whole that's the whole point is like you're finding who you are as like a designer isn't it so but I really kind of struggled with it and I would kind of get all panicked and stuff and like not knowing immediately how to do how to tackle something um but it was really fun and I really enjoyed like the whole studio aspect of it and being around people who are all doing the same thing and like mostly it was just having a laugh like <laughs> that was the best bits of uni <laughs> was just having a laugh um and the printing was good too did enjoy that <laughs> and i mean like what are the what are the common career paths that come out of of textiles what do people like tend to go and do uh, yeah that's a good question um <laughs> It's quite hard because I think as like an industry to do the kind of job that you'd imagine coming out, like when you start the course, coming out the other end, there's not very many of those jobs, like, you know, being a textile designer and especially ones where you can do whatever you want. And so it's like completely yours. So in order to do that, you'd you'd have to do your own thing, right? Make, make your own business or something like that. Um, or like you can go down the more corporate route where you're designing for like big companies and industry. Um, then a lot of people do like teaching and stuff like that as well. Um, it is quite it's, it's quite varied. I think any sort of design degree, uh, like as, as well, because we got taught not just about textiles. Like we did a lot of general design um, uh, stuff, like as part of our course as well. So like we did loads of interdisciplinary projects and things like that. And that really, I mean, at the time I hated it, but it really, it really like set me up and everyone else who I know from the course as well, who's gone on to keep designing, it's really set us all up for like dealing with different situations within that environment. So, yeah. Why did you, interesting, you said you, you really enjoyed the studio environment, yeah. but hated the interdisciplinary stuff. So why why was that? Um, because... I, because I, because I felt very focused on what I wanted to do, which was like printing, and so then when we had to do things which weren't that, I, it, it would really annoy me. <laughs> but I knew it was good for me. It was it's like doing exercise. <laughs> so like, oh, I really don't want to do this, but I'll turn up and I'll do all these classes and stuff. Um, yeah, I think that was why. It's because I felt so sure of that. That was what that was the aspect I enjoyed at uni. And yeah, it, it felt not quite as fun, I think, for me. Yeah, that's what it came down to. And <laughs> um, like one of the projects, like Luca, I've obviously done a bit of research into the projects that you've done before, but mm -hmm. um, the the corner shop project I found really interesting. Um, yeah. Do you want to explain a little bit about like where that came from and and what it what it was? Yeah. Um, so the corner shop project, that was my degree show project. So the whole fourth year I spent working on that. Um, and it, it kind of, it came from a couple of a couple of things. So like I was working in a bar for the whole fourth year in the summer before. And so I was always around like kind of stock rooms just full of bottles. And then so I was, I was, I just always thought that's, it looks cool, but I don't know why. Like it just, I just always liked that look for some reason. And then... Um, when I was staying at my mum's in Glasgow, there was quite a lot of corner shops around there. And there's some in Dundee as well, which are kind of like independent. Um, so you'd walk past them and there's just like handwritten signs all over the outside of them. And it's really eclectic and kind of, you know, they're not thinking, how can I make this look really beautiful and like refined? They're just like, I need to tell everyone this bread's 39p as soon as I can. <laughs> And like those like kind of flashing stars and stuff that they have being like, you know, deal on, like half price, those kind of things. They like neon like flashes. I just like really like them. I've always liked those. <laughs> so I don't know. It's a, it's a pretty intense environment. Yeah. You've got 
all the products on their shelf on the shelf that they're sort of shouting for your attention mm-hmm. and then you've got as you say like the offers the stars the the neon sort of highlight and the special buys or, or whatever yeah. it is <laughs> and it's like everything in that environment is just fighting for your attention yeah absolutely i think that's why i like to find it because it's kind of like there's so much to look at you don't even know where to start like sometimes you'll go into a corner shop and you're like going down an aisle and you're like I can't believe they have that random product I've never seen it before but who's buying that like I can't even think of an example um but I quite like that they just have there's so much going on in there and like visually I find that really interesting um and so for the project I went around and took loads of photographs and uh I had like hundreds of photographs and so I was like well I've got all these now I'm like what do I do with them how do I like make that into a collection of textiles um there's a lot of blood sweat and tears (laughs) uh so I got there in the end so yeah (laughs) it was good but yeah it was a bit of a struggle I would say so what what was it that you actually produced um it was a I ended up producing like about 25 prints um, in the end-ish, like roughly that amount and like loads of sketchbooks worth of development work and all the prints were just, there was like two collections um, and yeah there was like there was like mixtures of like photographs which I'd used and put like into the prints themselves. And then there was also like quite a lot of like hand lettering that I'd done in um, cutouts and um, just using like textures from the front of shops like that, you know, the kind of white whitewash and windows and things like that. So I was trying to get like loads of and, and also like some flat elements like the sort of flashes and stars and things like that. So trying to get some like flat bright colour in amongst the like more textural and um, so I just I wanted it to be really busy. I wanted it to be like every time you look at it you see something different within the print um and like the purpose of all these of all the prints were to like be made into like menswear um obviously they were just samples and I didn't actually make I wanted to make some lovely jackets and some nice silk shirts and things but um I as I said before I can't make clothes <laughs> or I can or I'm very limited in my in my abilities um and yeah that was like that was the idea and I was I was really happy with how it all came out because um, yeah I did I went into full panic mode doing that it was just one of those things it, it suddenly got to like March and the degree show was in May or the, yeah mid-May I think and I was like wait I need to like actually do this now <laughs> finish it all off and like kind of remember one of my tutors saying to me okay you need to be handcuffed to the print table just stay there just stay there all day just keep just keep making stuff just stop second guessing yourself and just do it so I did it <laughs> I, I think there there is that I experienced it as well that the sort of moment of realization that the sort of impending doom of like the, the degree show yeah um and that that real life pressure and yeah. that I, I suppose that's a feeling that that never really goes away because projects mm. always have that sort of ebb and flow and then they have those like pinch points or pressure moments the deadlines that come um but i I suppose it's maybe i don't know how you feel about it now but like do you think that's your first like real taste of a big a big project yeah definitely i think it was as well it was the realization that if it didn't go well or if i wasn't happy with it that like thousands of people were just going to see it passing by and like it wasn't like in my dissertation where I handed that in only a few people read it thank god <laughs> and then not not everyone had to, not everyone I knew who was going to come had to see it and know that that was my work you know it was like that kind of represents you as well um and you know it's it's also that thing where if you if you really like someone but then you don't particularly like their work that much and I'm like I don't want to be someone that everyone's like oh you know what a shame you know I, or I didn't think it would be like that or whatever. So I was I put a lot of pressure on myself to really make it something that I was proud of. And it is hard to do that though, because it's the first time you realise everyone's gonna look at it. I mean, there are quite a lot of other people there as well. <laughs> so it's not just all about you, but I mean, it is a lot of pressure. 
And so, like, post-degree um, show, yeah, um, you've finished up, you've got your degree, then what What did you do? Um, well, we'd, we went down to New Designers, uh, the sort of textile and jewellery trade show in, in London, um, which was great. It was very, very intense. I can't even remember how many days we were there for, but it was, like, work from, like, eight till six every day pretty much just like setting everything up and then being present with your collection because you just I think the thing about it is you don't know who's going to be there so I mean you might get something out of it you might not but like that's the whole point it's it's just like about being there and having that experience um I think I did have like a couple of good chats with people but at the time I I don't think I realized like at the time but afterwards I was like I'm not really ready to kind of continue this just now like I felt like I needed I needed quite a long break I think for like a year <laughs> before I did anything again because I just felt like and also I, I was like 21 when I graduated as well and I hadn't ever had a time where I wasn't like studying um, or working towards something so it was nice to just say actually like I'm gonna have a year where I'm just working and staying at home and then see what happens after that so then I was like oh my god I really need to do something <laughs> don't like just standing still it's that sort of you like do you feel you needed like a creative outlet definitely yeah um but rather you know rather than try and get a creative job I went to Australia and I like lived there for a year why Australia well I had some friends there uh and I kept saying like, oh, I'll come and visit you. And then they were like, oh, you could always do that working holiday thing. And I'd heard of people doing that and I looked into it and I just thought, oh, well, I'll just do that. So yeah, I just kind of went. My friend sorted me out with somewhere to stay, I ended up staying in a shed in at the back of a share house <laughs> for like six months. Um, then I graduated to the sofa <laughs> for a bit. And then I found an actual, an actual room um, but yeah, it was it was nice. I was in Melbourne, and that's got a really like good creative scene, and there's lots of really cool things happening there. Uh, I ended up meeting the girl who runs Squint Clothing, Ellie, and um, we became really good pals. And uh, I was interning for her um, a, f a few days when I wasn't working and stuff, and that was really nice because she kind of set up her own business like all by herself. Like she's doesn't she makes beautiful clothes. And um, it was just like nice to be around that and to, because I was so, I was just so used to working in bars and stuff. So I never got that kind of creative outlet. And it was just nice to see that it is like possible. And like, even if you're by yourself doing something, you can really make it work. So that was quite a bit of inspiration, I think, for me. And so did that, because you, you obviously talked about, like there was a period where you decided that, it wasn't for you, you needed the break. Mm -hmm. And then was that sort of internship, that experience working, was, did that give you the push to say, right, I want to get back to it? Like, it's a, it's time. Yeah, I think, yeah, it did. Because as, as well, we would go to events and stuff. Like, she always had her clothes at different markets and things. And um, she'd be like, oh, this is Kaylee, she does textiles. They're like, oh, like, what are you doing? And I'm like, oh, nothing. <laughs> studied it it was like I was just like oh, I wish I was doing something so I'd wish so much that I wasn't doing it and then when I wasn't doing it I was like oh, I wish I was doing it again um but I, I didn't really know where to start with it there um and then I saw that the uni have got like a graduate uh in uh what's it called a graduate residency so I could go back and um have a studio space at uni and then like work in the textiles department and like support um, the technician. So um, I went back and did that. So I was like, I'm I'm going by, <laughs> going back to Dundee. And I didn't think I would go back to Dundee for some reason. I just thought, oh, well, I, I, that's me. But no, <laughs> came crawling back. <laughs> and that was good because it was, I mean, I still didn't really know what I was doing then, but it was nice to even have like the option of like, if you did know, you can use all these facilities. Um, and it was cool to get some experience doing a little bit of teaching as well because I hadn't had that experience before. But yeah, it's good. 
And so, like, obviously, now you have a, a sort of recognisable style. Yeah. Um, at what point did do you think that started to emerge from the the, the stuff that you were producing? Um, I think it's 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 it developed over like a few years. I would say it's definitely not a sudden thing. It was like. There's elements of the way I'm working which were in my degree show, for sure. Um, certain shapes that I would use and um, the idea of like, I want, I always want things to look really busy. So like even if something is nice, simple, I, n- I just don't know when to stop. I just have to, I like have to keep going because that, that's just like my kind of instinct with it. Um, so there's those aspects, but then I think during the residency, I was using like photographs I'd taken in Australia as, as inspiration as well. Um, and I was also, I was working at in a warehouse briefly and it was like, I was always taking photos, well not always, but I was like taking like sly photos of the inside of the warehouse because they'd like colour code everything using these like really bright kind of neon colours and they probably were like, who's this like mental Scottish girl who's like working here, it's so random. <laughs> <laughs> that's weird and she's taking photos of everything um, so it was it was a kind of a combination of things um, and then when we went into lockdown I had quite a lot of like vinyl left over just from a project I'd done and I was just like playing about with it because I was like oh well I can use an iron I've got an iron here um, and then I started to just like doodle with the vinyl basically and was just cutting out shapes and then kind of pressing them onto one bit of fabric. Um, and I was just like, oh, this looks cool. That's actually quite interesting. Something about that, you know, is, is quite cool. Um, and then I went home during lockdown and I just brought all my art stuff and just kind of absentmindedly like filled up this whole bit of fabric without really thinking about it. It was just like <clears throat> cutting out shapes and putting them down and um, then someone asked to buy one. So then I made one for them and then it kind of, yeah, that was like the start of it really. <laughs> so I've sort of, yeah, it's kind of like cut out doodles, kind of influenced from, a, yeah, a lot of things. <laughs> And here we are. <laughs> so if you if if someone is listening to the podcast but hasn't seen your work, how would you describe it? Um yeah, it's quite busy. There's quite a lot going on. <clears throat> I would say it's a combination of like quite structural and also a bit kind of organic and yeah, a bit chaotic. Um all yeah, it's quite it's quite bold as well and um, graphic. They're the, f- <laughs> they're the words. <laughs> um, and uh, I, at the moment, I'm mostly sort of do like I would like I would say like jazzing up old clothes. That's what I'm doing, <laughs> or making sweatshirts, um, and then the making the print on them. They're all kind of individually printed, so all the prints are cut out by hand with from vinyl and then I like pre- and I arrange them on the garment and then press it and so they're all different every single thing <laughs> and so it's quite a lot it's quite a lot of work actually like to do when, when I'm thinking about it I'm like I could just screen print this <laughs> like maybe that would make it easier but then at the same time it kind of we might lose it's like appeal that it's everything's very kind of original you're not going to have someone with the same print as you it's all yeah so you, you never make duplicates um i know i'll make i'll make things like within a theme so like there's certain colors or shapes which i'll which i'll use um but none of them are the same like they're all different all the prints i make yeah especially on t-shirts and stuff i think i need to stress that more maybe that it could be a unique selling point which i don't really mention <laughs> yeah because yeah. I, I i didn't realize that i mean i think oh yeah <laughs> if if i was to describe your style it would be sort of um like beautifully organized chaos yeah and that's these, right <laughs> you can i suppose like when you talk about it, it's influenced by lots of things you can when you're talking about the the neon the starbursts from the um from the corner shop project they're yeah. all sort of in there um yeah. like you can see that influence coming through and and the way that you 
create the shapes, but in, also in the, the colours and things that you use as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Definitely. And that you, you talked about this when you first um, started sort of creating the style or the, um, working with garments in a, in a certain way. Mm-hmm. Um, how is your process of, of like that process of, of creating a piece or a series of pieces or like um, evolved over over time? Um, well, that the whole the whole thing of like printing on t-shirts and stuff that actually wasn't my idea. It was Catherine Rattray's idea. So like I'd be making these big square bits of fabric, printing on them, and then I made some, and then I kind of put that print onto Illustrator, made some scarves, like silk, like digitally printed scarves, um, and then Catherine was having a pop up shop at her gallery. And she asked me to be in it, so I went along. And then she was going like, "Why don't you do this? Why don't you like make? We could do like a live wa- making workshop, where you can print on sweatshirts and stuff." And I was just like, "Oh yeah!" <laughs> like, I mean, I mean, it it crossed my mind before, but it just like hadn't occurred to me it could be that easy. Like, I don't know, I don't know why. Um, so it was night. Nice. Yeah, that was great. That <laughs> she she changed everything. <laughs> I think I would have got there eventually, but she really kind of was like so encouraging me to just be like just do it just come in and do it and you can use my space and you and she got me a heat press from the guy the t-shirt printer next door she just set it all up for me you know it was so nice like in what an angel um and yeah so it's it just kind of started from working in her gallery space and that was like november 2020 or something um yeah I just started making t-shirts, just started cutting out loads of shapes and then from like the first batch I would make, I, w- I would order some more like and then I would put someone on Instagram just saying like, does anyone want one? And then like 25 people ordered one and I was like, oh my God. <laughs> um, and I think just from the sheer repetition of producing them, like over time they have changed, like the, the designs have changed. They're a lot more like streamlined now I would say because when I look at the the stuff I made at the end of 2020 I'm like oh <laughs> it's not like I wouldn't I wouldn't think that was okay now <laughs> in my opinion of my own work I'd be like oh no it's, it's not really good enough um but then I suppose I would just think that again in, in another year it's just one of those things um yeah <laughs> and I think every now and then I I want to bring out like a kind of new collection but it just always takes me so long to do anything but that's all part of the process um yeah I think I'll, I've got like a sketchbook of um shapes and doodles and stuff like that and I always refer to it when I'm making a new collection and so there'll be like a a different page where I'll just kind of focus in on and look at the shapes from there and try and like do something with that with cutouts it's it's always like yeah trying to use like the collaging just like block colours in an interesting way so we'll see how long I can do that for (laughs) yeah and like when you were talking and describing um, your journey you said that um, you didn't know what you were doing at that point Mm -hmm. do you think that you've well at what point do you think you reached that sort of yeah I know now I I have like I have that confidence yeah. in your ability and your skills um I think it was I think it was when um I got when local heroes got in touch with me um and I and I did the project with the VNA um last summer because I think up until that point it'd be nice that I'd managed to sell some jumpers and t-shirts but then it wasn't until, you know, it was like Stacey got in touch with me from Local Heroes and was just like, oh, we want you to design a beach towel for the V&A Dundee. And I was like, what? Oh, my God. You piece- <laughs> this is crazy. <laughs> um, and then I, it it was really nice because it just, it was sort of like, re- I, feel like I felt like I kind of needed like reassurance in a way that like it was, that's like what I'm doing is fine. Like I was I was getting on well with it. Like I hadn't, I don't know. It was just nice to like be approached to do something like that. So I think that's when it all kind of clicked and I was like, oh, I can see what I can do with this. Um, and then obviously like you guys got in touch with me about the design festival. So it was just like, and I was like, oh, great. 
another thing. So I suppose it's kind of like that um, that recognition, that validation for for what you're doing that, that people are noticing and that mm. are um, like enjoying and appreciating and what you're doing. Yeah. Um, to go back a little bit just to the, the Local Heroes project, mm. um, what was the process like working with, with Stacey and, and sort of, I suppose because we talked about you producing and a few different ways but then mm-hmm. focusing more on the the sort of cut vinyl but obviously the, the the towels weren't that yeah that wasn't the, the the creation method no um well that was just that was all an illustrator um I, I designed that so I think I it, I kind of went through a similar method doing it though I, I cut it all out of paper first and then kind of arranged it all on illustrator oh god I was so happy to learn how to use illustrator I didn't <laughs> I only learned that like last year as well and that has changed my life <laughs> it's great <laughs> um but it was so good to work with local heroes it was really nice um they were very she's very supportive and like the first iteration of the towel design they were like this isn't really what you do and I was like are you sure like this is what you do <laughs> kind of thing what do, what do you mean by that um I'd sent it over and then they were like oh can we have a talk can we chat about this and they were like it doesn't really look like the rest of your work like the whole point of this is that we want this is kind of like a jumping off point for you where you can make something that's like obviously your work so do you feel like you were trying to create something that they really wanted rather than something yeah. that was like of your own style I think I was I was trying so hard to stick to what the brief was which was like a day out like a kind of day trippers that's what the project was called and like uh, because my style was way more kind of abstract it was just I, I didn't really know how to make how to do that I, and I just went for like literal <laughs> like writing stuff on it and things like that um and they were like well you could do something like this instead again <laughs> like from your like all the rest of all of your work oh because like, okay i'll do that <laughs> and so yeah that was the the process and that was great because then it, um for anyone who hasn't seen the project there was sort mm. of three commissioned towels yeah there's three towels and those three uh seed packets yeah and they yeah. so then they were um sort of put on these i can't remember the name of the bikes um oh, that yeah. stacy imported um and they're sort of then they were adapted as little stalls that were then sort of cycled around the the vna on display sort of through the through the summer so it must have been really great yeah. like to, to see your work physically being like toured every every day i suppose yeah it was really cool um because I was working in uh, Heather Street Food, which is like the little food van out, out the front of the V&A. And so sometimes I'd be working and they'd, they'd like, <laughs> they'd like cycle out like my towel. And then, pe- then people would be like, and that's, that's her over there. <laughs> that's the designer. And I'd be like giving someone chips, just like, hello. <laughs> which was, I always find quite funny. Um, I don't know. It <laughs> maybe it kind of broke the illusion or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's such a like I suppose like a bit of a strange juxtaposition where um, people probably have like assumptions in their mind over the the designers who have who have created these pieces, and mm-hmm. that um, I suppose like having a piece like that that is has been commissioned by the V&A, oh, they must be a big mm-hmm. successful designer that has been doing it for years, or that and, yeah. and that's not not necessarily the case. No, <laughs> no, they, not to say that. No, like, no, you're no, absolutely not wasn't. a successful designer. <laughs> no, but I mean that was like the first prop, like commissioned project I had like ever done. So, or I mean, apart from like from for like my friends. So like it was yeah, definitely like it was it was quite a funny, quite a funny thing. <laughs> and I think like it's it's great to be given those opportunities to be creating mm-hmm. those opportunities to showcase designers, um, like. And and touring that work about like yeah. in the public eye, I think that it's it was a great project in that respect. That it, it sort of got it literally out and about. Yeah, so it was really it. cool. Yeah, that was fun. That was fun to do that. <laughs> and so, I mean, that leads us on to Design Festival, mm-hmm. um, which we obviously worked together on last year. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it was a uh, it was quite an intense project. Yeah, <laughs> um, and we'd like me and Lyle had, had seen your work, mm. um, and 
Bad Bish's work as well, and we thought you'd be a great fit for the um, well, what became known as the Pigeon Palace, yeah, <laughs> uh, up at the edge of Finlathan Park, mm-hmm. um, and we had this sort of vague idea around um, allowing people to come and customize and upcycle um, sort of pieces of clothing, um, and obviously we knew that you sort of had experience in that area mm. already, and that uh, like that you both had these skills but what we didn't realize that you'd worked together sort of previously yeah. <laughs> um so that i mean that was a, a lovely sort of coincidence i suppose um yeah, but that, that was cool <laughs> <laughs> from uh like from your perspective what was what was it like working on that that project you, you, you can be honest yeah um <laughs> it was good actually i i was really i was just happy to be there you know <laughs> it was good it was a good thing to be involved with was quite stressful at points um there was definitely times where we didn't really I felt was like I don't really know what I need to what's kind of expected a hundred percent like I wasn't like totally sure like is this the right thing or like is this possible um and I suppose that was the whole point was that we were designing the system of how the workshop ran and like the space and so it wasn't like you could ask someone, "Is this right?" Because <laughs> it's like, well, that's our job actually to do, to 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 decide that if it's right or not. Um, and yeah, I think once the workshop was up and running, it sort of just started to run itself, um, and it was it was such a good thing to be involved involved with. Um, yeah, I loved it. It was it <laughs> me and Sarah at Badbish. Um, we. We were always going on about how we were Lauren Llewellyn. How do you say his name? Lawrence Llewellyn Bowen. Lawrence Llewellyn Bowen in changing rooms, <laughs> which just sounds really kind of arsy, but like, because we were just like, how can we make this room like, and like look really cool? Um, we're like, we'll do this on this wall, and this on this wall, and like maximize. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, we took it from a, a sort of blank room that needed a bit of love to, mm. to say the least um to a really bright vibrant space that people really enjoyed being in yeah and i think it's it's fair to say that, that it was the most successful space in the whole festival mm. and the fact that people were queuing for literally hours people were willing to wait to come in and, and make a piece it was so successful and just the little the little stories of of kids running like literally running from the school gates mm-hmm. after the bell goes to, to get there to make something new or to make something for one of their family and coming back every day mm-hmm. um that was so cool yeah they were just just it was just a lovely space with so many like nice stories associated with it and the fact that it, we we deliberately decided to to push things outside the city center mm-hmm. um and it the, it sort of speaks for itself that it, that it proved the concept that you you don't have to create design content in the middle of the city mm-hmm. for to engage people to get people excited um and and i suppose just to, to get hands on and, and do stuff totally and i think it also it was it was so nice to see so many people from the area use it as well as people like traveling from like from town or whatever to come up and use it as well it was it was really nice um and sometimes I see people walking around wearing stuff from it, from the festival, and I'm like, oh. <laughs> sometimes people come up to me and ask me if the jumpers that I, if I'm wearing one of my own jumpers, they're like, oh, did you make that at the design festival? And I'm like, no, but I, uh, I kind of helped to do that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's it's cool, and it's 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 nice. That it's kind of so recognised as well. Um, and I'm, and I'm, yeah, the stories about the wee kids really brought a tear to my eye. I'm just really happy about that. They're so cute. I know these wee, wee boys were running up to me on the first day and they were going, right, can you write my name? And I'm like, okay. <laughs> I just spell it. So they're like getting me to cut out all the letters of their name and everything. And they're like, right, now can you cut out a skull for me? <laughs> and luckily my friend Zoe was there and she like, she always like draws like skeletons and stuff. So I was like, Zoe, can you please cut out a, a skull? <laughs> she was like, hey, I'm just visiting. <laughs> That's fine. But yeah, it was good. So, like, just to go back a little bit, um, you mentioned earlier that you you didn't see yourself back in Dundee. 
mm-hmm. um, at the residency point. Uh, it sort of drew you back in, um, yeah. which I think it does with with quite a lot of people for for many different reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and now that you you sort of have been here and you've started like your career, you've built your brand. Um, mm-hmm. How easy is it to to build and sustain a creative career in Dundee? Um. I think it depends on a lot of things. Um, like the reason that I could get a studio and start my like kind of brand and stuff, that was pretty much all because of the Creative Scotland Hardship Fund. <laughs> so I'd been doing, you know, I I had been selling things before, and then that came along, and that was like you could apply for like two grand for like loss of income from your creative practice. So I applied for that and got that, and then that kind of just made everything much easier for me because then it meant I could um you know I could have a studio I could like you know start I could just move in and start paying that and it also meant I could buy like a heat press and it meant I could buy um other things I needed for my practice and so I think that was that was for me that was how I could do it and I think in Dundee itself it's so good because people are so nice in the creative scene like everyone's very encouraging of each other which is nice um because when I hear my friends who are like staying in like Edinburgh and Glasgow people are nice there obviously people are lovely there but it does sound like a little bit more cutthroat um maybe a bit more competitive I think as well because it's a smaller place um Excuse me. You can be easily recognised, um, and yeah, it's it's yeah. I think it's just the community, like it's down to the community, but it also is down to like if you have the money to sort of put it into it. And unfortunately, that is always the case with the creative things. Um, but yeah, the hardship fund. And I think <laughs> the, you, you mentioned it before about um, Catherine Rattray. Yeah, um, and. Th- it can sometimes that's all it takes sometimes that yeah that oh one God, person's yeah. insight or enthusiasm or sort of kick up the arse or giving mm-hmm. you a bit of kit or just yeah. showing you something or um that could, that could be the difference between someone pushing on and making that mm-hmm. um like their career as opposed to sort of slinking off and doing something else or changing things completely or losing faith or yeah and totally. i think that's that's what's great about the creative community here is there is a lot of support. Mm-hmm. Um, but I suppose what I wanted to ask is, like right now, mm-hmm. what do you need? What could, or <laughs> what, what could you what could you do with to take to, to push things forward to to take you to the next step? Hmm. <laughs> I think that if I was going to push things to the next step, I would really like to have more like printing facilities at my disposal I think that's what I would love to be able to experiment printing on textiles I don't know anywhere in Dundee where you can do textile printing yourself unless you have the facilities yourself I mean if I'm wrong please tell me I don't know but um as far as I'm aware because there's like the the I mean I think yeah there's like the print unit of the DCA Beyond that, I don't have a clue. Um, I mean, I know that I'm not really doing screen printing at the moment. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe I don't know what I need. I just want I want to be able to like experiment more, I think. And also to have lots of money <laughs> so that I can buy all this stuff <laughs> and have time to experiment. Yeah. Maybe having, maybe having a more creative job as well. I've always kind of wanted to maybe do some more like community-based art things um I definitely enjoyed doing that um at the well kind of briefly at the design festival that was really fun um so yeah I don't know I feel like I need lots of things (laughs) let's maybe think a little bit about the future okay before we finish up um like what are your goals what where do you want to go? Where do you want to be when you think about the future? I, um, 
have like different versions, different versions of the future. So like from different alternative universes, that's what it that's what it feels like when I think about the future. There's there's parts of me that want want to do different things. There's parts of me that want to do to continue with my own brand and make that more of a thing and find it you find easier ways to do that and to get funding to do that and then you know take it up a notch and then there's parts of me that want to do like to work for a bigger company like maybe move to London or to like I don't know some other big city and have a sort of fast-paced job trying to do something like that um there's also parts of me that want to do like kind of more of more of a sort of care job which is kind of maybe to do with like art therapy or working with kids doing kind of play things I don't know um I suppose there's maybe ways I can do all of those things but or I can do them at different points um but yeah I think in the in the more recent future I think I would just really like to be for my work to be sustainable for my like sustainable for my life so that I'm so I don't have to have a second job or anything like that. I would love it. I'd love to be um, like an actual full-time freelance designer or to design for like a company or something. Um, so I think that's my short-term goal is to, is to rely on that more and to also get some experience maybe within like kind of care or um, do play sessions or something like that or more like community art stuff as well. Yeah. And I think it is like it's that really difficult um step to make. Like mm. I've had lots of people on the podcast who have their creative practice and then they have the the other side of their life that supports that. Mm-hmm. And I think um that secondary side often evolves over time. So it might be in a a job that's totally unrelated. And then they move into the creative sector and then they move into something more interesting. And then that then supports it as a in a similar sort of creative side. And then they are able to sort of round that off as you're talking about and, and sort of have those different aspects. Yeah. It's sort of, what would you call it, like a sort of portfolio career with mm-hmm. the horrible um, <laughs> quotation marks around it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it gives you that variety. It gives you that... Um, more sort of creative outlets or creative freedom mm-hmm. um, in the different approaches. So I think yeah, it, it's definitely a common common thing within freelancers and, and creatives. Sure. Yeah. It, and I think as well, it would be, it would be nice to like be a bit more stable with all, with like the income and stuff like that. Like that, the idea of like having a salary. <laughs> I'm like, whoa, <laughs> I don't think I've ever had a salary like at all. I've always just kind of, where it's you know, paid by paid by the hour kind of jobs, um, which is like fine, but like it it would be kind of nice to like not have to worry about it at the same time. Because as much as I do like doing freelance jobs and stuff as well, which is I like I love doing that. It's just a bit more unstable. And how you know how could I ever possibly buy a house? You know, <laughs> that's like that seems impossible. You know th- those kind of things which. You know, if you, if you had a full time job with a salary, you'd be able to do much far more easily. So it's it's like making it's kind of weighing up all these different things at the moment. I feel I'm at that point. I need to like start making those kind of decisions. So maybe I should just make them and see what happens. Yeah. Just before we finish, um, is there anything that you could recommend that you've been watching, reading, or listening to? Yeah, um, I love trashy TV. So I've been watching Love is Blind season two on Netflix. Just finished that. And I enjoyed it and I also hated it. But I think that's like, that's the point. It's like escapism TV. (laughs) Takes you out of the situation. It's just like watching people kind of be be silly on tv or being horrible on tv and you get to be angry at them or or it's really sweet and they're all in love and you're like oh that's nice 
that's it's that's it's a full range of emotions with love is blind <laughs> it is such crap though but no i love stuff like that so if you if you want a wee bit of escapism watch season two love is blind no, you didn't don't even start a season one, just straight to season two. Actually, season one's probably better than season two, but it's just because that's what I watched recently. <laughs> season one's better, definitely. <laughs> season one, there's more happy endings than season two. Not to give anything away. <laughs> <laughs> You're rooting for more people in season one, you know what I mean? But yeah. Yeah, highbrow. <laughs> I... I don't stipulate that um, recommendations need to be highbrow. Everybody needs a bit of sort of trash TV that you can just sort of switch your brain off and, yeah. and just let it sort of wash over you. It's like junk food TV. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> cool. And, and so if anyone wants to find you or your work or buy something from you, mm-hmm. where can they do that? Um, so you can go on my website, which is katescarlettharvey.com um, or you can go on my Instagram and find the, all the information there which is Kate Scarlet Designer. yeah and you can message me or you can go on my website you know I'm always open to, <laughs> to, to emails <laughs> that's it's all fine by me yeah <laughs> cool well, thanks very much right thank you So thank you very much to Kate for coming and doing the episode. Um, an excellent Trash TV um, recommendation as well for you. Um, but yeah, if, if as I said at the, the start of the episode, if you haven't checked out our stuff already, please go and do. And um, links are all in the show notes. And yeah, that's pretty much it for this week. As I said again, um, you can now support the podcast. So if you have enjoyed all the episodes so far or you just really love this one, um, yeah, you can buy me a cup of coffee. Um, to help support and to help keep the podcast going because ideally I just keep it rolling on every week and, and bring out new episodes um, as, as much as possible but yeah so it's, it's ko-fi.com forward slash ccc dundee um, and you can buy me a cup of coffee on there um, and to keep up to date with all the new episodes coming out um, it's at ccc dundee on twitter and instagram and if you still use facebook it's facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash ccc dundee And until next week, um, where I'll be chatting to street artist Seagull. Um, Bye.